Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Praise God. I want you to pray for Pastor Joe. He's got COVID-19, um, so he's not with us this morning. So we did the uh, special back call to uh, Pastor Hans Voltman, and God bless him. Uh, he's available to be with us this morning, and um, God has really uh, given us an opportunity for him to speak into our lives. This is not a coincidence. This is a God moment that God's going to speak to us through him. Uh, he's a man of God. He's a friend of the church. Uh, we all know him, and God is going to use him in a powerful way. Why don't you give him a warm welcome this morning as he comes up, uh, that God will use him in a powerful way today. Well, it's always a privilege to come to your church. I'm just sad it's happening under these circumstances for Joe. But uh, it's happening a lot. My wife and I had COVID a couple of weeks ago and knocked us around a bit, but we're here. It's Christmas. What a special time of the year. And this morning, I particularly want to talk with you about the Christmas journeys and uh, the challenge of moving forward into all that God has for us in the year that lies ahead and the years that lie ahead. There's a lovely um, movie that I saw some time ago called The 100-Foot Journey. And uh, you may have seen it with, um, with um, Helen Merrin and a bunch of other great act actors. It's a story basically about this young guy on, the, on, on your left there um, who's an Indian cook who ends up through a whole heap of circumstances uh, in rural France and uh, opens up a... Uh, a restaurant with his, with his parents, which happens to be right across the road from a three-star Michelin high-class restaurant. And here you've got this sort of Bollywood versus French high cuisine cultures coming together. And uh, the story unfolds. He makes a 100-foot journey, which was the distance across the road, to actually come and become a Michelin star chef himself. Not only just a Michelin star chef, but one of the best around, and he, uh, it's a, just a lovely story, if you've seen it, but it talks about how, how a short journey or a circumstance that you can go on can absolutely transform and change your life. And when we look at and reflect on the Christmas journeys, there were some significant changes that occurred. And, and I want to encourage you this morning about life's journey for you. And about the challenge. Now, do I need to give pointers or directions to you on the, on the screen? Or you, you're right there with me. Right, good. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 24, it says, For those with insight, the path of life is an upward path, avoiding the grave below. That's a great promise, isn't it? I want to pray for you this morning that as you embark on, the life, on your life's journey, there would be just that sense of release that happens here this morning over your world and your life, and that you would step into all that God has for you. The statement is often used that the, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Uh, there's journeys ahead for us. We've got no awareness of what the future's going to hold, except 
The great confidence that we have and what we present here as a church is that if you do life with God, he's already in your tomorrows, that he's already there to lead and guide you, that come what may, whether it's positive or negative, there's a good God who's standing with you. And this morning I want to encourage you about the goodness of God and that he is towards you and to take the, even that first step this morning to step into new directions, into new sense of, of the journey that is yours. The Christmas journey. The story begins, of course, with Joseph and Mary making a pretty awesome trek, actually, uh, from uh, where they lived in Nazareth to uh, Bethlehem. Now, I had the opportunity, uh, I retired a few years ago, and I wished I'd had the opportunity to go earlier, but I didn't, to go to Israel and actually experience it all. But if you've been to Nazareth, it's and Bethlehem, they're in quite hilly country. And I mean, there's uh, quite a few hundred metres of difference in height between the two. But also, as you travel that distance, it's not next door. As I put up there on the screen, it's a 175 kilometre walk. How many of you are ready for that this morning? <laughs> Phew! You know, it was quite a journey. And... Mary, of course, was extremely pregnant <laughs> and there was a donkey they had, it seems, on the way. Uh, but we're not even sure about that. That's part of the story of it. But, you know, the, the bottom line is that they travelled 175 k's. That's sort of like from here to Munta, walking, but not just flat, like between here and Munta, but high peaks, low valleys, and if you've been in that region of the world, you know this is not just made for the faint-hearted. This is a serious walk. And so the journey began for Joseph and Mary. But it wasn't a just per-chance thing. It wasn't just something that just happened. Uh, the king of the time said there was going to be a major census of the culture. And so everybody had to go back to their own hometowns to become uh, registered for the census and so for Joseph it meant for him to travel to Nazareth uh, from Nazareth to Bethlehem but it had been prophesied way back by the prophet Micah that this was in fact going to happen this was not a per chance occurrence this wasn't just an aha moment for the king of the day this was actually something that had been set in motion way back in the plans and purposes of God Way back in the plans and purposes of God is your life as well. And I don't know what the 175 kilometre journey will look like for you, or whether it just be a 100 foot journey. But the reality is, life is full of movement. And if you move with God, it can open up whole new vistas and opportunities. And this morning, my prayer for you at this Christmas time, in the journey of your life, that whatever lies ahead, you can identify with a story that unfolds now and find yourself in that journey and find yourself embarking on a process that takes you beyond the first step into all that God has for you. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 26, it says, Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. 
There's another proverb that talks about, another passage of scripture that talks about the fact that the word of God is like a lamp unto our feet. One of the things I got when I was over there in, in Israel, they gave us these little earthen uh, lanterns that they used to strap to their feet. And it was created a, a vehicle of light around where they were walking. Because, of course, they didn't have street lights or anything like that or a torch that they could just turn on. They had these little lights that they would strap to their feet and they'd walk and the next metre or two in front of them would be seen. And that's what the, what the passage of Scripture talks about. Your word, Lord, is a light unto my feet and a light unto my path. And as you start to walk out in life, I don't know what's right up ahead, but one thing I do know is that God can light the pathway for the next little bit. And to trust him, that as you put his word at the centre of your life, that that can become what this passage here just talked about. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. There's a little statement I read years ago and it went like this. It said, man stand for a long time with mouth open before roast duck fly in. <laughs> I put my name up there, Johannes, <laughs> ancient sterling philosopher. Well, <laughs> I don't know where I got it from, but... <laughs> You know, some of you have just been standing there in your life. <laughs> Feed me. Do it for me. You can stand there for a long time before a meal will fly in. What do you have to do if you want roast duck? You have to go out and at least buy a duck. Then you have to kill a duck if you're into killing ducks. But, you know, you get the meat and you prepare it. There's going to be a lot of food preparation happening in this next few days. <laughs> I've been to a few good Italian Christmases and they are those comatosing experiences that you were telling me about that just seem to go on forever. And you think, how can you eat any more? And the next course comes out. I made a fatal error once of eating too much lasagna at the start. Why start with something so heavy? And then it just rolled on and on. It was great. But, you know, if you want to prepare all that sort of stuff, there's a lot of work in it. And in the journey of life, if you're just standing still, marking time, you're going to let life pass you by. Step out, even the first steps here afresh this morning because one of my observations of these last years under COVID is that there's been a lot of people who've just been marking time waiting obviously for circumstances to change but in their spirit they've allowed themselves to just settle they've allowed themselves to just accept the 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 way of circumstances around them rather than saying, no, I'm going to make these circumstances work for me. This morning, you have the opportunity to grab hold of this precious gift called life. And what we gain the inspiration from in the passages and the story that we now read is to go on a journey, not knowing fully what lies at the end. 
And when Joseph and Mary took off on this journey, they didn't have the full implications of what was about to be birthed there in Bethlehem. They had some prophetic words, but I don't think they fully understood what was involved in that. It just was something they had to do because they were part of a culture that was all marching towards a census. They were doing what the circumstances were telling them had to happen, not realising that there were actually larger hands than theirs that were guiding the circumstance. And, and <laughs> The story continues as we read it in both Matthew's Gospel and Luke's Gospel. Luke starts off with the story of the shepherds. Here are these shepherds that are just in the fields. It says, And there were shepherds lying out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Just doing what shepherds do. <laughs> They've done it for a thousand years before. And if you go there now, you can still see shepherds doing the same thing in some of those regions. A shepherd does what a shepherd does. Watches over their flocks at night. But then something astounding happened. An angel appeared. They had no concept that this was going to occur that night. They had no, even perhaps even awareness of angels because most of the time we don't see them. And they're hovering here and they're in our world and interacting with us more than we probably realise. But we don't see them. We can take that and take them for granted or maybe don't even really believe in them. I don't know where these shepherds were at, but the bottom line is they weren't anticipating at all an angelic uh, visitation that evening. And it says the angel appears before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news and it will cause great joy for all the people. Something starts to unfold now. And then suddenly the heavens peel back and there's more than just one angel. There's thousands of angels gathered there. And they're all doing what we did before, worshipping God. You know, God, this story unfolds in an amazing way because, you know, there, there, are, there are times where out of the blue, it would seem, or unexpectedly, totally not on your radar at all, God shows up. Where suddenly your life can turn around and you get a glimpse of something that's beyond the veil, something that's there all the time, that God is actually guiding the circumstances and he can use angels to work on your behalf. I think when we get to eternity, we might be surprised at how much angelic activity has actually been around us. For years, I, I taught on angels and demons and demonology and the whole sense of the kingdom in, in, in Table College. And I had the opportunity to ask students at times about what was their stories of angels. And there were some amazing encounters that had happened. We don't talk about it much. But here in this story, with the shepherds, it gains... Send a stage. It becomes an amazing event. And I'm praying for you this morning that whether you realise it or not, there is a God who's working in the supernatural realm over your life and circumstances. There is a God who's working in ways that are unexpected 
that can happen spontaneously, that can come in from left field without you even realizing. Just you might be in your field caring for your sheep, just doing what you do every day, and suddenly God shows up. Amazing. And they respond with their hearts. <laughs> These simple shepherds had no idea of what was going on. They had no understanding of prophetic encounters or, or words that had been written necessarily by the prophets of old. They just followed their hearts. And they end up at the feet of Jesus, worshipping him. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby. They're lying in a manger. And when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about them and this child. And all who heard of it and what the shepherds said were amazed. This morning, God might speak to you through signs and wonders. God might speak to you in supernatural ways. God can guide you in, 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 and intervene in your world in ways you never anticipated. The heavens can peel back. You may or may not see the fruit of it, but you know there's something much bigger than you that's going down. And the story of Christmas is a story of a journey of shepherds as well. As they embark, following the way of their heart, following that which was Deep within them, and this angelic encounter, and this over-the-top supernatural experience. And they end up at the feet of Jesus, and they worship him. When you come into Matthew's gospel, we read another story. It's a story of the Magi, or the wise men, often talked about as the three wise men. We're not sure if there were three or more. or There were three gifts given, so probably there were three. Frankincense, golden myrrh. It says in Matthew 2, 9 to 10, And they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over a place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, and they worshipped him. Here's these wise men, even their name suggests they came there by their intellect. These were wise guys. And these were the, the, the academics of their day. These were the ones who had studied the, and were the astronomers of their, of their world. They knew how to read the signs that were around about them and they'd seen a star and they knew of its significance and they followed this star and to a point at Bethlehem where it hovered. And when they came down and they saw the one who was born king of the Jews, they saw his star and they rose and they came too to worship him. And they too ended up at the same spot, at the manger, worshipping someone that they knew through all their studies of the prophets was to be the king. Of course, um, Herod got a bit upset by that, didn't want a rival king rising up, so he proceeds to kill off all the two-year-old and the younger children, boys of the day, just to do away with any opposition. 
Mary and Joseph escaped going on another journey to Egypt, which had also been prophesied about. And they returned. And there was these, all these prophetic words that were going down. But for the wise men, who were central to that nativity story, how did they end up at the feet of Jesus? Doing exactly the same as the shepherds did, worshipping him. But they came through the pathway of their intellect. They came through their studies and their uh, considered weighing up of things that they had been looking at and seeking for for years, maybe all their lives. Some of you here this morning would say, ah, you know, all this signs and wonders, miracle stuff, that's okay. And you'd rather follow the pathway of your mind. Our culture is very mind-driven. We're very orientated towards education. We think that everything is to be solved by us solving it with our intellect and our thinking. The bottom line is God has given us an amazing resource in our thinking capacities. And what I love in this story is that when, when you, if you're really following truth and eager for truth, your mind can lead you there as well as your heart. And I'm so thankful for churches like this that aren't just happy clappies looking at experiential-based faith, although what an experience we just had again in worship this morning. But it's also about studying the word and about coming and opening it up. It's been my privilege over the years to come and often teach in your, in your midweek studies where you commit time to actually explore things in more depth with your mind. And you know, the, the story of, of Christmas is this amazing story of both mind and heart being engaged. And the story of the wise men is one where they're following the intellectual pathway. And maybe you've come here this morning, like there have been many philosophers and people of wisdom over the years that have come by studying and looking. A classic example of that is C.S. Lewis, you know, this great atheist of the 1940s and who, 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 who thought there was no God. And in his, his own autobiography became known, he called it Surprised by Joy because he just was surprised by something he thought that wasn't there. But as he was honest and open to the truth, his mind led him to the same spot that others by experience and supernatural means had reached. But they all ended up at the same place, worshipping the Lord. This morning, you're on a journey, as am I. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, talks there about the paths of the righteous are like the light of dawn. That shines brighter and brighter on the hill, the fullness of day. My journey has been really interesting the last, even the last days. I was telling Pastor Joe, you know, just on, uh, on Wednesday, it was my wife's last day working at our church where I and her had been for 32 years. And um, we're embarking on a new journey together now. 
Um, over the last years, I've been working as a, a state pastor in our denomination, which means I move around a lot of our 60 or so churches and across these South Australia, West Australia, Northern Territory. It's been my privilege to do that. And I love, I've loved it. The only sad thing has been that my wife was the pastor at our church and couldn't join me. But that's now, season's finished. We have a new pastor that's starting up uh, in the new year. And she finished up last Sunday and we had our last Sunday together there as they thanked us for 32 years of that journey. And I'm so thankful for that. But I, we're both really excited about what this new journey is going to look like. Because there's a God who's ahead of the game. There's a God who's working in our future. Some things our minds have struggled with. There's other things that our hearts have been warmed to. And as the Magi and the shepherds teach us this morning, there are pathways that God will speak to you through, but they all lead us to the same place to a spot where we lay down and we worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You have that challenge this morning. As you approach Christmas again, what's your journey going to look like? May it be a journey of surrender. May it be a journey where you get ready for the journey that's ahead. Pastor Joe shared a prophetic thought of the idea about us being in harbours and place of preparation. We put our roots, our... our, our um, Anchors down and, and many of you have been through this last season, I sensed, with your anchors down in a safe place. But I want to build on what you're saying, not to oppose at all what you said, at all. But you know, ships in the harbours are safe, but that's not what ships are made for. You're also made to embark on a journey. You're made to head out across the seas to a new destination and new places. And the wonderful thing is, if you've done what Pastor Joe says and you've been prepared in a place of security and where your boat has been made ready, then now's the time to launch. And this Christmas gives great opportunity for you to step out afresh into all that God has for you, as he has for me. And my journey is taking some uh, new directions. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the fullness of days. Hey, there's a light that will shine that won't just light up the next meter or two in front of you, but can show you the path of life that is to come. Step out afresh. Here's the opportunity in this service for you to set your journey or maybe to reset your journey and determine to head out again. In the scriptures we read about the, the wide, wide is the path that leads to destruction and many of are that are on it. Few there are who find the path of life, which is a narrower path, but it leads to eternal life. I've always struggled a bit with that because I, I want everybody to get on the big path, on, on the little path. Then it would no longer be a little path, it'd be a big path. <laughs> the bottom line is you and I live in a culture today that is rejecting of so much of what we stand for. 
and there's a narrow path that you and I are walking that according to others is going the wrong way. But the scripture assures us that this journey leads to eternal life. And this journey actually takes you on an adventure that is full of fresh opportunities. I want to encourage you this morning in the context of this Christmas week to take the story of the Magi. Maybe God's going to speak to you through your mind or take the story of the shepherds and open up your heart afresh to him. But the challenge is, which pathway are you on? Maybe here this morning you've come and you've never given your life to Christ. You've been on a broad way with many other people are on and you feel secure and you're lulled into a false sense of security by the crowd that surrounds you. But you're hearing some things here this morning that are challenging you to make some other choices. Maybe, maybe this morning it's time to give over to, your, to the thoughts you've had for a while and that you've just been pushing aside because, you know, I don't want to become religious. I don't, I don't want to become part of that narrow group of people. Or maybe it's your heart that's been telling you for a while, there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be more purpose to my world. I'm sick of just standing here on the one spot with my mouth open, hoping something good will fly in. No. <laughs> this morning is the opportunity here. If you've never given your life to Christ, reset or set your, your bearings on this amazing journey that God has for you. And give your lives to Christ. Or if this is a, an ongoing journey for you, but you know you've just marked time and you've got to a spot where you've just stagnated. It's been important for a season to be in that harbour of safety and security. But I want to speak prophetically as well over you as a church and say, come on guys, head out on the journey of life and let's see what the next years could be full of if God could work through you and I in ways where we surrender our will to his will and he takes us on this amazing adventure called life. Deuteronomy 30 verse 15 says, See, I have set before you today a path of life and prosperity and not death and adversity. There's a pathway before you, before me, a journey that we can embark on. And the journey of Christmas is that is for you to open up your life afresh to God and to his direction, to take encouragement from the Magi and the shepherds and the way they journeyed, from the faithfulness of Mary and Joseph who went on a hard pilgrimage in a difficult state of pregnancy and moving up high hills, but pushed through to reach a spot where a saviour could be born and that was going to impact Millions of lives amongst which we are as well here this morning. And I just want to pray for you that God would just speak into your hearts and lives right now. And give you a fresh sense of the Christmas journey for you. And that you'll end up at the feet of Jesus. And you'll worship him afresh. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, we thank you that this story has been told time and time and time again tells us the story 
of a journey that was to open up a whole new vista and world for the world. At this 175-kilometer walk of Mary and Joseph was to bring impact for millions of people in the years that were to come. At this journey of the shepherds, through the revelation to their hearts, this journey for the Magi through the understanding of their minds were both pictures for us of how you can speak to us here this morning about our journey and the way you would use our minds and our hearts to bring us to a place where we can set our faith towards you. Lord, we thank you that you set before us today a journey that's not one of, of death and adversity, but of life and prosperity. And Lord, I pray this morning, as we come into this Christmas week, for those here that don't know you, what a greater gift could they ever receive than the gift of Jesus? If you've never received Christ and you want to do that this morning, you can simply do that by raising your hand here in this congregation and just saying, yeah, I feel God's been speaking to my mind or to my heart, but I know it's him and he wants to take me on a journey. If you've never given your life to Jesus, here, do it here this morning by a simple act of raising your hand. You don't have to go on a 175-kilometer trek. You don't have to wait for the angels to appear or your, or, 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 or your understanding to rise up to, to fully grasp it or just head out and start to see where God might take you. Or maybe there are others here this morning that you know you've stagnated and that as you come into this Christmas New Year season, it's a great opportunity to set afresh your own boundaries, your own directions, and to refocus on a fresh future and say, God, I just don't want to mark time anymore. I don't want to just sit there with my mouth open hoping something might happen. I'm going to actually go out and make some things happen by your power leading and guiding me and taking me out of this safe place where I've been into a place where I can experience the adventures that are yet ahead. If you feel God speaking to you this morning, raise your hands across this congregation. There's bunches of people raising their hands. That's great. Now, Lord, as our hands are raised before you, and as we all sit here this morning in this church, we thank you, Lord, for the message of Christmas, which is a message of fresh hope. We thank you, Lord, that it wasn't just a hundred-foot journey across a road to start a short-term new direction, but it was something that was to be a journey that would transform culture and society. And Lord, even though the road might sometimes seem narrow, we thank you, Lord, that it is a pathway to life. And we thank you, Lord, that you're going to lead these folk as 2023 looms before us into a place not of death and adversity, but into a place of life and prosperity. Lord, bless this church. Bless its endeavours and its purposes in you. Bless each life that is here. And Lord, may this next year be filled with fresh opportunities. And come what may, should even a further adversity happen, should even some other challenge occur, Lord, we thank you that you go before us. And you're with us, Lord, and we praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.